It's Thursday, August 13th, and we're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the uh, Indians fall for the second night in a row, losing to the Cubs. Uh, Jason Kipnis, another, uh, another night, uh, good night at the plate. But Carlos Carrasco, really the story, couldn't, uh, couldn't find the strike zone, couldn't get it together. Uh, Might have been getting squeezed a little bit early by home plate umpire Tim Timmons but really never an excuse. Uh, the Indians just couldn't find a way to get the offense going uh, to give any support to Carrasco or the, uh, the relief pitchers. And here's what Terry Francona had to say after Wednesday's 7-2 to loss to the Chicago Cubs. It looked like Cookie was really struggling to find anything there early on. What'd you see? Yeah, I agree. I thought he was really yanking a lot of fastballs to the lefty, you know, way to the righty. Um, I mean, shoot, he was probably in the fourth inning and he was trying to strike the ball, you know, or even, or, you know, that's, that's, a, and there's a lot of walks. I mean, he was pitching out of, out of danger, you know, the entire time. How much, and I know there's no excuses, but when the strike zone kind of varies throughout the evening, how tough is that on hitters and pitchers in your opinion? You know, I thought in the first inning it was a little bit, I thought, I thought Tim had a couple pitches he could have called strikes. He didn't. Um, he actually said that he owned up to it, that to me, everybody's human. Um, I don't think that's why we got beat by five. I, you know, I, I think guys are human. What did Hendricks do against your hitters tonight? I mean, what he always does when he's good, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll locate about as good as you can, you know, and he makes 86 or 87 look like about 93. And then he just, you know, he'll he'll throw one up out of the zone for effect, and then he'll come right back with something slow, whether it's a breaking ball or a changeup, try to get you to take this thing out of the bat or roll over. And he did a he did a good job of it, and we we didn't adjust enough. You know, before the game, you did talk about that having a game plan. Have you been fairly pleased with the approach by most guys, though? It seems to be just still kind of inconsistent, right? No, no, and, you know, when you say please, I mean, obviously I'd love to see us get 18 hits and score, you know, a bunch of runs. That doesn't mean there's not effort. It, it you know, it, it's, it's some of his confidence. You know, I think the other night, I think everybody hoped that 10-run inning would kind of open the door and get everybody kind of loose and, you know, because that's a good way to hit. And it didn't really work that way. You know, the next day starter kind of had his way with us. Um we do have guys with good track records, and they're healthy. They're going to hit. I've said this to you guys for eight years. Guys get to their level. That will be fun to watch, and it will really help us. It's going to be hard tomorrow, but Friday we can do better. <laughs> do you think that the shortened season um, gets in guys' minds a little bit and trying to get going with the slow start, knowing that you know the finish line is a little closer than usual? You know, Dre, I, I don't – I mean, I'm sure guys know. I mean, they're aware. But the game's still the game. You know I mean? You still got to play the game. And uh, you can't really treat things differently. I mean, I know that some things are, but you still got to play the game. Uh, so, again, we've kind of talked since the very beginning, you know, whoever handles adjustments the best gives yourself the best chance to win. The focus on a weekend series coming up in Detroit where it's, it's make or break time for the Indians. Yeah, big series, Joe. Uh, uh, the Tigers are off to a good start. Um, 
they're hitting the ball. They're, you know, they're scoring runs. The Indians, what, went 18 and one against them last year. So I'm sure they haven't forgotten that. And, um, you know, the Indians have to kind of get, get themselves back in gear, put uh, the police act and Clevenger stuff behind them and start concentrating on playing baseball. Yeah. Uh, last year at this point, if you said uh, a trip to Detroit, was all the Indians needed to, to get their bats going. Uh, I, I think uh, nobody would disagree with you, but, but right now, just the way that the offense is going, things have, uh, have really sort of deteriorated to the point where every time an Indians hitter does get on base or does get a hit, uh, it's, it's kind of a surprise. Uh, we will get to some comments from our readers and our listeners on subtext about how to fix the Indians offense in a few minutes here. But, you know, we just wanted to take, a, take some time first to, to just go over, you know, what went wrong with this team? We thought coming in, they had, you know, all-stars on the infield. They had a, a, a top-flight um, starting rotation. Uh, there's, and, and right now, they're 10-9. They're and nine. Yeah, I think uh, a couple things have, have hurt them, Joe. I mean, the, the rotation was so good at the beginning that uh, they were going deep into games. The bullpen wasn't getting exposed. You know, in this Cubs series, you know, uh, you know uh, the two starters, uh, Plutko and, and uh, Carrasco, got knocked out early. The bullpen got knocked around, uh, gave up a ton of runs to the Cubs, and we haven't seen that. Um, so that's one thing. Um, offensively, you know, starting those four switch hitters at the top of the order, to me, has been a disaster. I, I don't think it's worked. And the bottom of the order, um, you know, the, fir- the last four hitters, they might as well not even show up. I mean, you sh- they should concede those at-bats because they don't do anything. They're hitting – they went into that game, Joe. I, I was looking at some numbers. Last night they went into the game. The, the, the combined four, last four spots in the order were hitting 120. 120. I mean, th- that's – that's unacceptable. You're not going to win that way. And, you know, I can see Tito's point about, you know, not wanting to break up the top of the order and kind of balance the lineup out because what are you going to move uh, Sandy Leon up to, up to the number two spot? I, I don't know. It, it's just, uh, you know, it, it is a disaster. It really is. And, you know, they've got to get uh, Roberto Perez back. I mean, maybe that'll give them some relief, but, you know, guys like uh, Zimmer and, 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 Domingo Santana, um, you know, uh, are, are they going to start hitting? Is uh, uh, Jordan Luplo going to start hitting? I mean, maybe Naquin now gets back in that lineup and, and starts to get his bat going, but, you know, that's going to take a while. It's just uh, this is not looking good. You know what this reminds me of, Joe? This reminds me of the bad teams I used to – Indians teams I used to cover when I first got on the beat in the 80s, and they lost the same way every day. You know, no hitting, didn't score, starters got knocked out early. You know, and this and when when a bad a team goes bad, this is what happens. Every game is the same. Right, and the fear is that right now, with all the the distractions and the the extra stuff, uh, as far as coronavirus protocols and and the, the environment in the clubhouse, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, that all of that sort of snowballs and just sort of perpetuates the offense not being able to get out of the hole that it's in. Uh, really, to me, the, the one thing that stands out is your all-world, all-star, everything shortstop, Francisco Lindor, 
gets up there last night in the same situation with runners on base, runners in scoring position, and can't come through with the – I think he did drive in one run uh, yeah. with a base hit. But, you know, more often than not when he's presented with that situation so far this year, uh, Lindor has been nowhere to be found. The power numbers aren't there. Uh, he's He looks lost at the plate. And uh, if, if if he said earlier on in, in when we talked to him, you know, hey, blame me because I'm not getting the job done. Well, he's he's still not getting the job done. Yeah, and, and another thing, they've had like one guy hot for the first 20. You know, they, they've interchanged one hitter that gets hot for a specific period of time through the first 19 games. It was Jose Ramirez at the start of the season. Then I think it was Cesar Hernandez, uh, Cesar Hernandez, and now it's Reyes. None of those guys get hot at the same time. And right. if you don't, one guy isn't going to carry a, a lineup of nine. And, you know, that's the, uh, the maddening thing. And, uh, you know, it's baseball. It happens. But at the, at the bottom of that lineup, Joe, that's not baseball. That's a lack of talent. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a black hole right now as, as far as you can see. All right, let's jump into some questions that were submitted via subtext. We asked our listeners – uh, hey, what can the Indians do? What are your thoughts to to improve the offense? And here's what uh, a bunch of you have said. Uh, this one from uh, Kern County in California. This uh, texter submitted all the way from California. They should move from the AL Central to the Big Ten since they are all determined to avoid contact this summer. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty what, good. That's what it looks like. It sounds uh, like the, a lead to me. <laughs> there you go. The uh, the, the Big Ten uh, canceling its uh, football season or postponing it. Uh, the Indians postponing their offense until uh, they can figure things out as well. Uh, here's one from the 216. Uh, we can see the writing on the wall. The season is done. It is time to see what the youngsters can do. Bring up the prospects and see what they can do. They certainly can't do much worse. All right. What prospects do you want to bring up? I'm going to bring up George Valera, who's 19 years old. Uh, I'd, I'd bring up Bo Naylor. I, I, might, I'm, I, I know that's a ridiculous thing to say. You know, you, Sandy Leone has done a good job behind the plate, but, mm -hmm. God, I just want to see a catcher swing the bat, you know, and not – you know, he had finally got a hit last night, Leone. And this is – you know, he wasn't – they didn't sign him to be the everyday catcher. I know that. I get that. They right. signed him to be a backup to catch twice a week. And but Perez's injury has, has put them behind the eight ball, so he's got to be. He's, they got to run him out there every day, and he just he, he just can't hit. Uh, here's a, here's one from the eight one eight area code, and eight one eight I guess is in Japan. So th this is someone following from uh, around the other side of the world here in Japan. Assuming that they are trying their best, I would leave them alone. Maybe what we see is who they really are. And, and Paul, that that you know leads to you know what you're what you're kind of saying there is that maybe it's just the, the lack of talent is being exposed. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, what do you do with these guys with a uh, loop low, you know, they know, you know, they saw him last year at his, at his best. Now they're seeing him at his worst. You know, Zimmer hasn't played for a year and a half and had the great summer camp, but he, you know, he's kind of regressed. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you just get no production. You get no, they don't even get on base. That's the problem. You know, so you don't even give, you know, Hernandez and, and Ramirez and Lindor a chance to drive them in. It's, it's, you know, you can't play baseball this way. You can't play winning baseball this way. And, and maybe it is a lack of talent. You know, I know uh, Francona has always been patient with his lineups. You know, he, he doesn't make moves unless, 
you know, there's a, there's a compelling reason and there's somebody to replace the guys that he moves out of the lineup or moves up and down the lineup. And right now he doesn't have a lot of options, but pretty soon you gotta, you gotta take a shot here. You gotta right. take a chance. Well, that's what this next uh, texture says. Uh, Larry Wilson from Maslin. Uh, he says Lindor Hernandez and Ramirez at the top continue the right and left platoon in left field and right field played to shields and center. Uh, he says, putting Lindor back where he is comfortable, I believe, will cure a lot of problems and take the pressure off the whole lineup once Lindor is back to himself. So uh, there's there's a vote for returning Francisco Lindor to the top of the lineup. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at the difference between, the, you know, what's the biggest difference in, in his game is that he's hitting third instead of first. And, uh, you know, I know they've talked about that. I know that I know they, they're – They've thought about making those moves, but and you probably you could drop uh, you know you could drop Hernandez down to second. You could drop uh, Ramirez down to the third spot and and flip uh, Lindor into into the leadoff spot. Um, you know, I, and I you know I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. They could keep all the switch hitters at the top of the lineup, um, but you know that I don't know if that solves your problem. But if Lindor starts hitting. That's a step in the right direction. Okay, we've got two more here. Uh, this one from the Boston area code, uh, the texture submits. Pretty standard, use the whole field, don't try to pull everything, and uh, facing pitchers like Hendricks and Lester, those who can bunt should bunt. So we've got a, we've got a vote for bunting as a, as a cure <laughs> to the offense, uh, especially against a guy like Lester who can't throw to first base at all. I would have been uh, bunting against Hendricks. Uh, Hendricks, I uh, wish I could see the stats on a productive out. Who does and who does not? You can't depend on home runs to win every game. This is an offense that obviously could produce much more. So uh, this guy wants, uh, like we said, like they said the first time, the uh, the contact guy. Uh, you know, get the get the bat on the ball, put it in play, make the defense do something, and uh, you know, there's a there's a call for bunting to improve the offense. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> baby steps, Joe. I mean, they don't hit home runs anyways. Right. They're 28th in the big leagues. They've hit 13 home runs this season. 20, they rank 28th in the, in the big leagues in, in homers. And Aaron I mean, Judge is going to have more than that by the end of next week. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 right. it's not looking too good right now. No, things, things are pretty grim. All right. Last one from the 4-4-0. When your top – paid outfielder is getting $2 million. The rest of the candidates are backups if and when they are on other teams. There's not much you can do. Alan Luplo, Freeman, Zimmer are not the answer, and they really haven't faced high-powered lineups except for Minnesota. Uh, attention, Paul Dolan, spend money. I lived through this situation before in 1968. All pitch and no hit. Well, there you go. That's uh, Hoinsey, that, that sort of hits home for you, doesn't it? Right, <laughs> right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, 1968 and living through the uh, the all pitching and no hitting era. So yeah, that's Sam McDowell and Louis Tian and Sonny Siebert and all those great rotations and they couldn't score. It's uh, oh man, don't don't remind me. You know, I <laughs> I still think that, I still think that top of the order that this top of the order should produce. You know, I think Santana is. You know, I mean. Yes, he walks, but I mean, if he's if that's all he's going to do, I think he got to move him somewhere. You can't keep him in the middle of the lineup. I, 
well, and you know, maybe I'm wrong because at least Reyes is hitting behind him. So maybe that's a, a kind of right. a combination. Right, you've got somebody on base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's a combination that can get this thing going. All right. Well, there you have it. Those are our uh, our texter subscribers. You can you can join uh, join in on the fun by uh, subscribing to subtext cleveland.com slash subtext or by texting a message to 216-208-4346. Uh, it's $3.99 a month. You get Indians news and insight from myself and Paul Hoynes uh, texted directly to your phone and the ability to uh, converse with us, text back and forth, and uh, get your thoughts and your comments read here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, go ahead and sign up on subtext, and we'd love to hear from you. All right, Paul, uh, you know, really one of the other storylines of this two-game series against the Cubs was Jason Kipnis's return to progressive field. Uh, good to see Kip uh, back playing at second base. Uh, not good to see him uh, making left turns, as Tito Francona <laughs> said uh, prior to the series. Uh, he wanted to see Kipnis making right turns. That means uh, hitting first base and heading back to the dugout. And uh, that didn't happen. Uh, you know, just your your thoughts on, on Kipnis after nine seasons with the Indians coming back and having success for the Cubs uh, against his old team. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was good to see Kipnis. It was it was I thought it was classy of the Indians to uh, you know show a, a highlight video on the scoreboard before a Tuesday night's game, his first game back. It was it was interesting. All the Cubs were standing in the dugout watching Kip. A couple were standing next to Kipnis. He was on the field watching it, and you know it was like five ten minutes, and then when it ended, you know Kipnis like you know, kind of bowed to uh, the empty stands, you know, was, tapped his heart like they, they were packed. And uh, it was really a good moment. You could tell Kip, uh, you know, has a lot of fond feelings about uh, Cleveland. I know you wrote a really nice story about it, Joe. And uh, why don't you say, tell the, tell the listeners what, uh, what were some of the things he said? Well, he was, he was actually really looking forward to, to facing Carlos Carrasco last night because he thought Carrasco was going to groove him a fastball. Uh, down the middle of the plate, called it a friendship fastball. He was looking for <laughs> on the first pitch. Uh, didn't necessarily get that one. I think Cookie uh, walked him and struck him out once. Uh, yeah, was the uh, were the at bats there. So, uh, you know, you know, Cookie, Cookie actually called him his enemy in the, in the post game. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think there was any any uh, you know malice behind any of that. But he he did say, oh oh no, when I face him, he's my enemy. So that was interesting to see that interaction. Yeah. Uh, and Kipnis did mention, and he did bring up, that there was no call from the Indians once the uh, season was over. Uh, there was no communication to, to see if he could come back and play for Cleveland. Uh, it, it, there were, they could work something out and come to a, an agreement on a contract. But, uh, you know, he didn't sound bitter about it. He didn't sound angry or upset. He, he sounds like he's, you know, actually really happy to be playing for the Cubs. The one thing he did mention was that he, he's still, at this point, four years later, getting – uh, trash talk from his teammates, from Anthony Rizzo, from uh, Chris Bryant, and those guys about the two, two, uh, the 2016 World Series and the result of that World Series. We all know uh, he says it's tough every time he drives into Wrigley, uh, still seeing the banners and the signs from that uh, from that series and the result of that. Uh, that we don't want to mention anymore, and we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, you know, he got two doubles. He got a double Tuesday, a double. Uh, uh, Wednesday night, he's hitting like what three forty, three fifty. 
he's he's really swinging the bat well. I don't think he's playing every day. No. But, uh, you know, it doesn't look like he's been in there every day, but he's doing it. You know, he's he's really swinging the bat well. And hopefully, you know, this season goes well for Kip. And, it, you know, he, he either stays in Chicago, his hometown, or uh, goes on and, and, you know, still keeps playing. I know he wants to keep playing. Uh, coming up this weekend, a big series in Detroit. Uh, the Indians are going to have Aaron Savali, Shane Bieber, and again, Adam Plutko uh, taking the mound against the Tigers. Like you said earlier, 18-1 and one against the Tigers last year, but uh, they they are hitting the ball a little better this year. Uh, just could, could this be the make-or-break series for the Indians uh, this early already in the 2020 campaign? Yeah, and uh, they're going to face some interesting pitchers. You know, Yvonne Nova. He's going Friday night, a kind of a veteran guy that's that's have has a you know has faced the Indians a lot, and uh, you know gives him problems. Uh, Scott Tur- Turnbull, I think, or Turnbull Turnbull Spencer Spencer Turnbull, yeah Spencer Spencer yeah is going Saturday. They 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 treated him rudely last year, but he's <laughs> off to they uh, he's off to a better start. And Fulmer is going. Uh, uh, Sunday, and he's uh, he's coming back from Tommy John, right? I think he had the, the corpse, the corpse of Michael uh, Michael Fulmer. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, so we'll see, he, we'll see more, how that goes. He's more machine than man now. Yeah, that's, but uh, they but the big story about the Tigers is their offense. They mm-hmm. they're scoring runs left and right. Well, and in, in, in that ballpark, you certainly can. So it's uh, not not beyond the uh, the realm of possibilities that we could actually see some offense out of this team. Uh, you know, coming up, uh, who knows? But uh, like you said, uh, there's opportunities there against against Turnbull and possibly Fulmer. Uh, but hey, yeah, uh, Ivan Nova—that's a name that that you know, should strike fear into the hearts of every Indians fan, right? That every time they see Ivan Nova, they the, the bats go the other way. All right, Hoinsey, we'll uh, we back at it with you again tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good deal, Joe. 